Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Think Loud crew. Three moms getting real with parenthood, relationships, and the WTF moments of our daily lives. Today, Cheyenne and Shannon will not be joining us. Shannon is on set in Malibu doing her her hairstyling, and Cheyenne's got a thousand and one things going on because she runs multiple businesses. Um, me, I'm here today. My friend is in town, so I thought I would take the time to do a one-on-one sit-down with Zellian. Hello, Zellian. Hi, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I know you listen to the podcast, so I'm really excited to yes, actually have you on here so that we can listen to you now. <laughs> um, so Zellian and I met... How many, like, what was that, 2000? The end of, yeah, it was December of 2017. Um, We were having a party here at the house, and my friend Bianca was like, hey, can my friend Zellian come? I was like, yeah, girl. (laughs) And I met Zellian, and instantly, like, like, we hit it off. Yeah, and then shortly after, I left. Yeah, then she (laughs) left. She doesn't live out here, so. Yeah, I moved to Orlando, and shortly after moving to Orlando, um, I got pregnant. And then throughout my pregnancy, I was like, oh, I saw R was pregnant, too, and she was having a boy. And I'm like, wait, I'm pregnant with a boy, too. And then we found out our boys were due, like, a month apart. A month apart, yeah. And then we just reconnected again. And the rest is history. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Now we both have two boys. Yes, and they're around, like, well, I'm going to say they're still around the the same same age. yeah. Yeah. So... Can you just tell us about you a little bit, um, where you're from or like what you do? I like, I know, but yeah, we're trying to. (laughs) So my name is Zillian Beckles. Um, I'm from originally, I was born in Guyana. Um, Then I moved to Barbados um, right before I turned one. And so my mother's from Guyana, my dad's from Barbados, and my mom's parents are from India. So I lived in Barbados for like 10 years and then I moved to Miami. And when I moved to Miami, that was a huge culture shock. Um, basically, so when I moved to Miami, I started elementary school. And with the elementary school, I got picked on all the time for having an accent. 
And I remember going home crying to my mom like every day, like, can we please move back to Barbados? Why are we here? Nobody likes me. Everybody keeps picking on me for the way I say things. And I remember getting in trouble on an essay for spelling because in in Barbados, we use the British English. Got it. So like in color, color favorite, favorite with the U. Yes. So I got points taken off my essays and stuff like that for spelling color and favorite with the U. And I'm like arguing with the teacher. Like, no, that's how you spell it. Like, this is it. Yeah, this is it. But <laughs> um, then I finally, I guess when I, by the time I got to like high school, things got a little easier. I think my accent kind of faded out a little bit. And then, yeah, that's about it from the beginning. I like that. Just for people who don't know, where is Guyana? So Guyana is actually in South America. Um, it's the only country in South America that isn't Latin based. Okay. So it's like right. I didn't in, know that. Yeah. So it's right next. It's in between Venezuela and Brazil. Yeah, I know. So I'm like really odd with maps. I love maps. So right. I know where places are, but I did not know that fact. And I now that I think about it, I actually know quite a few Black Guy- Guyanese mm-hmm. people. Okay. I just learned something today, or put two pieces together. I'm like. Okay. Yeah, because every time I say I'm from Guyana, they're thinking of French Guiana. And I'm like, no, oh, Guyana yeah, and South America, they were like, oh, so you're Latin. No, like Guyana is literally like the only country. And South America is not like, it's more of an Indian base. So a lot of people from Trinidad and India. Yes. That's cool. There. So you have a really cool mix. Something that you, for me, I don't normally or traditionally hear. Yeah. I remember when I like, so seeing Zali and then I like saw pictures of her mom, I was like, where is your family from? Like, yeah. what are you guys? I'm so intrigued. Um, just because you have such a, to me, like a very distinct look. Like, Thank you. It's a look to remember. Um, so that's really cool. So now that you, you're based in Florida now, mm-hmm. how is that treating um, you? It's different. I'm, well, I'm not really assuming. different because I'm from Miami. Like, mm-hmm. so I lived in Miami and then when I turned 25, I moved to LA and then moved back to Florida. Um, moving back to Florida made me realize how much I missed LA because I didn't think I was gonna miss LA I already miss it that much but I do but then after moving to Orlando I ended up having babies and then all my friend moms with the babies at the same age lived in LA so I was just like I don't have like a village <laughs> why am I here <laughs> and I'm like why am I here and I don't have a village so I'm like always every time our, our Cheyenne has the event I'm like I'm coming Lindsay what are the dates because I need my LA fits or whatever and then the kids are close in age to so Zakai always ask for bars or riders so and he enjoys it. It's like a little vacation for him, too. Yeah, the kids, I get excited just because, like, there's a lot of girls around us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love getting the boys together. Yeah, and definitely. they both have very outgoing personalities. Like, so Zelina has the cutest little boys, Zakai <laughs> and Shy. And Zakai is, him and Boz are the same age. And just seeing them interact really, really makes me happy. I know. And I'm, you know, I get to watch the boys online do videos mm-hmm. and it's just always so different when you see them in person and hear them in person and embrace them and just like that warmth so it's um i think you're a great mom i think like, you're an amazing mom thank you <laughs> like toot our horns over here because <laughs> that was funny beep beep <laughs> i was not expecting that <laughs> oh my gosh okay so i'm trying to wrap my head around where i want to go next just because okay. i'm like how has your journey of motherhood been? Like, were you planning on having children? Were you like me? And it just kind of like, it happened. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Um, for some, so, I've been with my partner, Shirley Berry, for, um, it's going to be 
eight years next month. On and off. I won't say really on and off because we've only been off like twice, but it's about to be eight years. And um, like when we moved to our, like we, right before moving to Orlando, I was like, you know, we never had an oops moment or anything. Obviously, we're not using any protection. So I was like, okay, either I have an issue or you have an issue, but we mm. don't know who has an issue. So he actually went to see a fertility doctor right before we left, and he was fine. So I was like, okay. But at the time, I was in the middle of moving, so I had just quit my job, so I no longer had insurance. So I was just like, okay, it's probably me then. So I was at the point where, like, okay, I'm about to be 30 soon, and if I don't have kids by 30, then, you know, I'm kind of okay with it. Like, I'm yeah. starting to accept the fact that, you know, kids might need might not be for me and then it's funny that you say that because i was the same way yeah i was getting to that point where like okay i'm about to be in my 30s because i didn't want to have kids like deep in my 30s like yeah. i want to have them like early late late 20s early 30s or whatever so then um i was okay with that so then i also what happened is when i was younger like 18 and in my early 20s i had biopsies done on my cervix because they thought I might have HPV or cervical cancer. So they had to do it twice. I had a two cancer scare twice. So they took pieces of my cervix to do biopsies on it. So I was always told, like, if I ever got pregnant, that I'll have difficulty getting pregnant. And if I do get pregnant, I'll, I can't have a full-term baby. It oh. will be premature because my cervix is not full. You know, it's, okay, ever since I've become a mom and, like, I talk to my other mom friends or just women in general who, had like pregnancies miscarriages the whole shebang it's there there's so much more than what we are actually taught or right. just, like what's talked about and i just don't understand like how things became so taboo when they affected when they honestly affect everyone right and then that's the crazy thing so then that so then when he found out his fertility is okay so i'm like oh yeah. it's me so I, maybe i can't get pregnant so i was mm -hmm. becoming receptive of it but I always say if I do have kids, I always want a boy first. And then if it doesn't have a mind, 30. Da, da, da. So guess what? I was 30 and pregnant. With I was a boy. With a boy. So <laughs> I have my 30th, on my 30th birthday, I had my baby shower in LA with my, I was pregnant with my boy. And guess the guy was, according to the hospital, he was 41 and a half weeks um, when I gave birth. So I was like, he was overdue. Ready to come. And I remember when, like, the whole pregnancy with the um, with Zakai, I kept telling my gynecologist, like, is my services okay? Is my service yeah. okay? Like, you know, I was told that, like, you know, I can't carry full terms. So I was always afraid of having a premature baby. And so when I went to my 40 week appointment, she's like, you're still not dilating. And I'm like, wait, what? They were like, yeah, we have to schedule your induction. So they scheduled it at 41 weeks, but he ended up coming, well, 41 weeks, according to the doctor, and it was almost going on to like 42 weeks with the hospital. But she was able to schedule it a little earlier because according to the hospital, my due date was further along. Got it. So I was scheduled to get induced on Sunday and my water in a breaking Saturday morning. Oh, that's super cool. But a lot of people like their water doesn't break. So it's yeah, like I got to experience labor with Zakai, but he ended up being an emergency C-section. So what happens is um, I my water, I started cramping, like feeling labor or whatever. So I took, I went to the hospital. And I was so embarrassed because I went to the hospital with my suitcase all packed, came in there, rolling it in, like, okay, I'm about to have this baby. And they checked me, like, oh, you're in pre-labor, you're not fully, you're still three centimeters, um, yeah. we have to send you back home. It's crazy how they send you back home. And I was so embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. And then I have, okay, so I tested positive for that GBS yes. test, so I was supposed to get, like, IVs and antibiotics to make sure it doesn't pass them off. Mm -hmm. 
to the baby. But what they don't tell you is it happens when your water breaks. Oh. Yeah. So that's why I had, they had the emergency station. So I went home and I'm just laboring all day, like in the bed all day laboring. It just it kept getting intense <sighs> and intense and intense. Mind you, I went to the hospital like at six in the morning that morning. And when I had breakfast, lay down. I'm like, what am I supposed to do about this pain? They're like, just take some Tylenol. Take some Tylenol. That's No. By 10 o'clock at night, I was, Shalik made me dinner. And at 10 o'clock at night, I'm still, it's like, I got tense and I ended up throwing up. Mind you, with Zakai, I had severe morning sickness the whole yeah, pregnancy and whatever. So he was like, let's go back to the hospital. I'm like, no, they're going to send me back home. So I'm like crying. He was just like, so you're just going to sit here in pain? I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, the hospital is literally around the corner, like four minutes okay, away. Okay, at least the hospital is close to you. For us, like our hospital, the hospital that Shina I delivered at is like 30 minutes from no, here. No, literally four minutes from my house, like literally Lucky. four minutes. Lucky. And um, so I was like, yeah, I was in pain. And then I am laying in bed and I'm like an LCD person, so I don't like messes or whatever. And I just heard a pop in my stomach and I just got up and ran to the bathroom. And mm-hmm. he was like, how did you move so fast <laughs> if you're in pain? I go, I just didn't want to wet the bed <laughs> if the water, if my water did. Oh. Because I'm thinking, like, you know, when your water breaks, you're thinking of yeah, a gush like, of, like, like... You think it's a, think gush. a gush. Of, There's, really, like, the mucus plug. Like, oh, so I kept seeing my mucus plug prior. So I was like, it's happening, it's happening. My mucus plug is coming out. But then my water finally breaks, and I ran to the bathroom. And he was like, how do you know? You just... Like, I don't know. I just pee. And I stand up and a little bit of water was just trickling yeah. down my legs. And he's like, can we go now? And it's like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I go, yes, we can finally go. Mind yeah, you. I feel for our men. The men be like, he doesn't know what can to we, do. like, are you good? Are you not good? Do you want to stay in pain? I was so mad at him because <laughs> we did a hospital tour prior. And they tell you, okay, when you're in labor, pull up right here, valet, and we'll roll you in. He parked the car. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to walk from the parking garage all the way down to the women's side of the hospital. It was a long walk through oh. the hallway. And he's looking back at me like, would you hurry up? I'm like, I, I'm in intense. Like, my contractions are like seconds apart. <laughs> seconds. And he's just looking at me. And he's tired. And he's mad. And he's just looking back like, can you hurry up? And I'm like, hello. Finally get there. And the nurse that sent me home the day before, she remembered me. She was like, oh, she was here yesterday morning. I remember yeah. her. Da, da, da. So they were like, oh, you're still three centimeters dilated. I was no. Like, she goes, but your water did break, so we have to admit you. Yeah. So I was like, okay, mind you, I left my suitcase in the car this time. <laughs> so they finally admit me, and um, my intent, my contractions were so intense. So they finally admitted me to labor and delivery, and it was like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then at 4 a.m., they checked me again, and they're like, you're six centimeters. I'm like, okay, I want an epidural now, because yes. you know, when I went to the birthing class, they were like, you know, it's good to get it around Four, five to six centimeters you don't want to get it too early or too late so i was like i want it now but my contractions were so intense that um they have a very small window, window. to give me yep. my epidural because it was back to back like seconds and the nurse was like told the anesthesiologist that like, you really have a short window to do this because her, her contractions are intense and she stood in front of me and she was like you could rip off my uniform everything do whatever but you cannot move so they did it, and I don't feel the epidural kicking in. So I'm thinking, okay, the epidural is going to kick in. Yes. I'm going to take a nap. But the doctor comes in, and she was like, oh, you're nine centimeters dilated. Be ready to push when I get yeah. back. I'm like, This Wait. is going fast. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't... Um, I need to take a nap. She looked at me. And she said, I like, need to take a nap. She's like, you're not taking it. She's like, you're about to have a baby, sweetheart. You're not taking no nap. So this is 3 o'clock on the 4th. So then uh, I push. And when I was pushing, it was stressing Zakai out. And mm-hmm. she was like, I can tell by the way his heartbeat is, 
he caught an infection when your water broke, so I had to, ah. you had to do an emergency C-section and get him out. And I screamed and started crying. I was like, no, I'm not having a C-section. She was like, yes, you are. Shalik was like, it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not okay. That was not part of my birth plan. I have yeah. it right here on paper. Like, I like it. He was just like, it's okay. And I'm like, no. And I looked at her. I'm like, please, can I push one more time? She was like, would it make you feel better? I'm like, yes. She's like, push. And I push. And she's like, okay, you're done? And she's like, we got to go. And then... This guy was born at 6.06 a.m. That's how fast the labor happened. It was from 3 to like, that, that fast. That's fast. And yeah. he dilated a lot in that Yeah, time. sure. 20. Did the epidural ever kick in? Or the, when you they had to your, probably give me another dose. A cesarean thing. Got it. By the time I got there. But I already had the epidural in, so they just did that. But it happened so fast that they couldn't even give me the medicine to block him from getting the, the infection. The infection. Because you need to be in labor for they need you, it has to be in your system for at least four hours. Oh, yeah. See, there's so much that, that they don't like, tell you. They don't yeah. tell you, and you. Like I'm still learning as I go. Because after I gave birth to Zakai, they took him the next day to NICU. He had to be in NICU for ten days, and Shlik was like, "Who's to blame for this? Because is it your gynecologist or is it the hospital for not telling you that the GBS could be passed on when your water because they never." He came with me to Thank every. Thank you, Shalik, for a- asking yeah, questions. He was like, sometimes guys, they just kind of like. He's like, okay, baby's here, mom's fine. No, he was just like, somebody yeah. dropped the ball because, because yeah. he came to every single doctor's appointment, and they kept saying, "Don't worry, when you get to the hospital, they'll give you the antibiotics to make sure it doesn't pass on." But they don't tell you that the antibiotics has to be in your system for, for four, four hours. hours. What? A, not every woman labors that long. Some no. women labor in two hours, or, or if it's like somehow in your file. So if you do go early. So that's what they he was mad watch, at. He felt you know? that when I came earlier that day, they were supposed to, he was like, they should have admitted you and started yeah. giving you the antibiotics mm-hmm. then, and then we would have avoided the whole NICU thing. That's what, that's where he was upset at. He was yeah. more so upset with the hospital sending me home, but he felt that they should have kept me knowing that I was positive for GBS. Yeah. But this is, that's how long he, was Zakai in the NICU? 10 days. Okay. So then my sister so Zakai was born on Saturday. My mom was, Supposed to arrive in Orlando Saturday night because I was supposed to get induced on Sunday. So she got to the hospital at night. Zakai was already here, but my best two of my best friends from Miami drove up and surprised me in the hospital. So then the next morning they had they had took some tests from Zakai, and the next morning it came back positive for the infection. So when it came back positive, they took him away immediately. But it was actually his pediatrician that came because she's a pediatrician for the hospital also when babies are born. So they had just walked out the room to go home and check on our dog, Coco. So I had to call him, like, hey, you got to come back. They're about to take Zakai away, like, right now. He was like, what do you mean they're going to take him away? I'm like, they're taking him to NICU. Y'all, Coco gets to go <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> like, we'll have to insert a picture of Coco. Coco comes on all the trips. She is on all the flights. Like, Coco probably needs a passport. If dogs could one, have right? passports, Coco would have her, one. Yes, I really wish there were programs for dogs to collect miles because you have to pay a fee. Oh no, she's a service animal, so she flies oh. for free. Oh, well then Coco just needs to collect her stamps. <laughs> so then he turns them back around, and then that happens, and then I'm like, okay, with the, you know, they're telling me he has a little nicky, and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But then there's my mom in the background crying, like you think she just gave birth to the yes, to the always baby. grandmas. And then I was fine until they make you sign, you know, you got to sign the little consent forms. Like, if anything happens, da 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 And I'm just, and that's when I started crying. Because I'm like, real. what do you mean? They're like, he's just getting antibiotics twice a day. It's penicillin. But mm-hmm. we has to be done in the hospital. You can't go home and do it. So, 
But actually, NICU ended up being a blessing in disguise because um, a lactation nurse came and saw me every single day. Got it. And I think after my birth, I was having the afterbirth preeclampsia because mm-hmm. my blood pressure was still like always high after birth. So they kept me there for five days. So you thought you were ha- you were having a preeclampsia? They kept my blood. What it, exactly is that? Is this high blood pressure or? Yeah, the high blood pressure. Usually, it's like if it's during your pregnancy, you have to deliver like like Beyonce had it or whatever. You have to deliver like right away. But I had it. The signs of it afterwards, like my whole body was swollen. Aww. Every time they checked, my blood pressure was high. My veins kept filling. Every time they had to do IVs, I probably got pricked about twenty times. Yikes. I ended up recovering from my C-section pretty quickly because I was going back and forth to NICU from my... From the NICU so floor there was, was a lot of movement. Right. So the NICU floor was two floors down. So it was obviously, like, I would push the wheelchair and get down there. It was a lot of movement. And then the lactation nurse was always in the NICU there waiting for me. Like, okay, let's... Like, and mind you, it took Zakai like a month to latch on. Like, she brought me a nipple shield. It's like, okay, let's try this. How soon did, did you start pumping right away? Like, so what happened is, because uh, he was taking forever to latch, and since he was in NICU, I started pumping to like, leave milk for the nurses to feed him, because I was like strictly breast milk, no formula. And my hospital was very pro-breastfeeding. Okay, that's cool. Very big on breastfeeding. So like they had everything you need. I had a, a pump, uh, pump station in the NICU, and I also had a pump station in my room. So I didn't have to bring it down with me. They already had one down there for me. They had a cooler in there for me where I put my milk when I'm done. And then whatever. So she came and saw me every day. There's days where I got frustrated. I'm like, you know what? The nurse, I'm like, just give him a bottle of my milk. I'll just pump. She's like, no, you got to keep trying. Don't get frustrated. Don't give up. So they were like very pro. Like, you got this. I I like to know that they were very supportive because. There's a lot of hospitals that are not. There are, and there are a lot of places where, like, you know, there may be a lactation nurse, but she just stops in. She's, like, she might take two minutes with you, and, like, that's it. So I am happy to know that they were supportive of you in that experience and, like, encouraging you mm-hmm. to keep going. Because I feel like that's – it's very frustrating in the beginning. It is. Um, and it's so easy to just – you know, you have this picture of like, oh, my kid's going to latch right on or my yeah. milk's going to come right down or, you know, it's going to be this easy process. And the reality is it takes time. No, it is. And sometimes like, you know, children, they're not only learning how to suck, they're mm-hmm. figuring out their tongue. Right. And they get super frustrated. They get frustrated. Us moms get, get frustrated. frustrated. And it's like we do have to find our groove and like figure out what works best for us. Yeah, I really like knowing that they oh, yeah. kept you going on your journey because you now are, like, one of the best, in my opinion. <laughs> like, so Zellian, she has a pumping schedule and a feeding schedule, and she has done a really good job of documenting it. And yeah, so can you with, tell us about... So with Zakai, is what I learned um, with having Zakai was um, I went to, like, two breastfeeding classes while I was pregnant, and all they really tell you in breastfeeding classes is, like, Breast milk is better for the baby, and this is how the baby's supposed to latch, and that's it. They don't tell you about mastitis. They don't tell you about clogged ducts. They don't tell you about uh, cluster feeding and all this other thing. Yeah, I learned about cluster feeding. They don't tell you about none of that stuff. So then I was like, I was like, like I feel like a deer in headlights when it came to breastfeeding. So I had to like educate myself, and I started noticing little things and. Which I didn't really document much. I definitely on my actual page, but then I ended up breastfeeding Zakai for I pumped for exactly thirteen months. The day he stopped, 
the day he turned 13 months was my last pump session. Mm-hmm. And I nursed him to like 14, 14 and a half. And then I had a deep freezer stash that lasted him until he was 18 to 19. Sorry, 18 like, to 19 months. When I said she had a deep freezer stash, like she used to post pictures online. I'd be like, <laughs> where'd you get all that milk? I'd be like, what are we preparing for? Like, I always had this picture. I was like, you know, if something goes wrong and like I can't produce milk anymore, I was going to hit Zellian up because yeah. she had so I ended up getting a deep freezer, I think like milk. two months into like having Zakai. I was like, because our little freezer couldn't hold it. And I was like, we need a deep freezer. And he was like, is it that serious? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then when I left, actually when I checked out of the hospital with Zakai, I had a, they have a milk bank in the mm-hmm. NICU room where you're going to go pick up your milk. Ah. And I had a huge container filled with milk they're like yeah this is all your milk and i was like i didn't like i did not you know. didn't even realize yeah, what had, you were yeah, doing i didn't know i had that much milk so the Zakai i ended up getting an oversupply i had an oversupply and then i ended up getting mastitis which at the time i didn't know i had mastitis until i started googling my symptoms mm-hmm. but i didn't go and get treated i just what were your symptoms so like one blue like one of my boobs were very clogged and I couldn't, no matter what I did, it wouldn't, and it was painful. It and felt when like you a, say clogged, it was it felt, like... Like a rock, it was it? It felt like a rock was so stuck. So it's just like super engorged. Yeah, like hard. Okay. And when it, when you have mastitis, it's like your skin, your boobs will start to turn red. That's when you know you have the oh. infection. It'll start to turn red, and that's how you know you have an infection. So like, I did everything. I nursed shy on that boob for like hours. I went to the bathroom and had espresso. So with Zakai, I was able to relieve relieve it so they didn't get i didn't go to the doctor for it so then that happened so then when you get my size your supply ends up decreasing a little bit so it started decreasing to a comfortable amount so i never got it again so then that happened so now i was shy when i thought i had an oversupply with zakai shy i ended up having an over over <laughs> supply i ended up checking myself into the hospital the day after mother's day so shy was born march like, like a month and a half later because yeah. Both my boobs were red and they were on fire. It was in so much pain. Like, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. Like, my boobs were hard. I couldn't sleep on my uh, side. And even when you, were you able to nurse her pump during that time? I did it and it was not going away. And it was okay. getting worse. And I was like, so okay, it's like to- an engorgement that just, just yeah. does not And both leave. my boobs. So when I got to the hospital, they, the second they pulled down my thing and they were like, can I take a look? They, it was like bright red. They were like, oh yeah. Okay. I don't know if y'all have ever like been a nursing mom or that process of when you stop nursing the engorgement that happens or if you have like a night out on the town and Mm -hmm. there's no kids around and you drink and you wake up the next morning and your boobs are like rock solid it hurts it can't sleep hurts can't sleep you can't do anything it really hurts. hurts angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality it can be hard just to know where to start but now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so recently when we went to Vegas, I, you know, no babies. I didn't bring any pumps with me. And we went out one night and the next morning I woke up and I don't know how I was still sleeping because I literally turned halfway. Mm-hmm. Both of my boobs were so rock solid. They were so engorged. Yeah. I went in the bathroom and I had to walk so slow because that's just how much it hurt. And it, I literally felt like it looked like I had a almost like a boob job because they were so yeah. full. That's how my boobs look. Yeah. It got to, I was doing everything I could balloons to like on my chest. relieve myself. Um, warm water, compresses. I ended up having to order a, a hand pump from Target. Yeah, the little $20, $20 pump. I couldn't even yeah. get it started. It was so painful. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I had to get in the shower, run hot water. Yeah, I had to works. start nursing myself. Like I had to like physically start the suction process like from my boobs because the pump it was hurting so much and then i like this is probably like tmi but yeah i literally (laughs) had to like start relieving myself like that because other than that i was crying i was crying in the shower and i just know cheyenne zach and shannon were like what is this girl doing but i ended up having to legit like milk myself mm-hmm. um so and it was finally like got the relief finally got the relief and it was you know your areola gets all like lumpy yeah. and rocky and you'll be like what's going on it just yeah there's a lot to nursing that's what i'm saying with breastfeeding that i never knew so i started educating so with shy when it happened i was like all right i know what to do yeah. i already had a You're in prepared. my mind i was prepared for breastfeeding with shy so i was so prepared that i ended up having so much milk that i ended up having to i ended up donating milk so what happened is I had a deep freezer and I ended up filling up my deep freezer with shy within the first like two, three months of birth. And I posted it on my, so I created a breastfeeding page. It's called Z Milky Mama because um, I decided with shy to share my, to create a, a page just for breastfeeding itself. And I had asked Cheyenne and R to like, hey, you know, I have a lot of breast milk. Do you guys mind sharing this for me? And as soon as they shared it, like my DMs were like, blowing up with like oh i need milk i mean and it turns out it was a lot of black moms that were that wanted milk but they wanted it from another black huh. mom so then when i when i popped up they were like oh my gosh and then like where have you been yeah and i just didn't know like to sh- uh, ship breast milk is super expensive really it's because really it has to do like freezing because or- frozen breast milk is heavy and then you have to you have to it's overnight only because got it yeah but these moms didn't care. They're like, my kid needs it. And I end up, I think I end up donating at least, uh, probably like a thousand ounces of milk. Oh, wow. To a mom in D.C., a mom in California, a mom in uh, Atlanta, um, one mom in Houston. What gave you the idea of donating 
milk like how did that well i had so much milk and i looked into donating um becoming a milk donor to donate to the milk because my hospitals a drop off for a milk bank i like this hospital yeah their drop off seems very like pregnancy oh yeah they have a whole women's center friendly like oh oh, the little boys So then uh, I looked into becoming a milk donor, but what I didn't what I didn't realize is an extensive um, process, and mm-hmm. I didn't have that much time. And because with shy, I ended up having an emergency blood transfusion after birth. Yeah, girl, your birth stories. That's that one was even like, like crazier. Yeah. So because I had an emergency blood transfusion, they couldn't. I couldn't go do blood work to become a milk donor until like a certain a certain amount of time frame because they didn't want to get the donor's blood. Got it. They needed my blood. And they wanted a list of every single medication everything. he took, everything. And I was just like, I need to get rid of this milk now, like yeah. today. I don't have this. So as soon as Cheyenne posted it, it turns out that one of the moms were actually in Orlando because it was in the summertime. So one of the moms were in Orlando visiting Disney World. She was like, hey, I saw your post on Cheyenne's page. I love knowing that. And she was like, I'm actually in Orlando. Like, do you mind if I come pick up some milk today? I was like, can you be here within like the hour? She was like, yeah. Do you have a cooler? And she was like, yeah. And I ended up giving her like 100, like 100 ounces of milk. That's that's quite a number of feedings. Too, yeah, and then she was pumping age, too, but yeah. she was she was getting ready to go back to work, so she needed something to help her out. That's supply. And that she told me to this day, she was like, "My son loved your milk. He had no problem <laughs> drinking it." And she was like, "Your milk was like accurate to the T, like labeled, like because I, I labeled it." And she was like, "I was able to catch up, like with pumping. So when I got back, when I went to work, I was able to catch up and and everything. So like, she drove over to my house, picked it up, and she ended up like." giving me a hundred bucks i was like no it's free like i'm done she was like no you don't understand like she was in tears she's like you don't understand what she did the one the mom in california sent me a video of her literally crying she was like i she was like i pray to god every day for something for something like this and then like she was like you understand that you were like an angel sent to me she was like you really don't understand like she literally had me crying yeah just with the formula shortage that's going on and um I have certain friends who wanted to nurse and they weren't able to nurse. And sometimes it has nothing to do with the latching. Mm-hmm. It could be from stress. You know, yeah, your body can stress be stressed out. Does affect your milk you lot. can be going through like some kind of transition, which affects your body. Um, you may experience trauma, which affects your body and mm-hmm. your milk supply. And it's sometimes when you have those experiences, you may still be able to nurse, yet you don't want to transfer that energy yeah, to your energy, child yeah. as well. Um, I recently met a woman who was sick when she gave birth, um, gave birth, and she was, I think, I feel like she was in remission, possibly from cancer, mm. um, but because they have but all those, she those didn't, meds, yeah, yeah. She, she's going through all this medication, and she didn't um, want to pass it on to her child, but she brought up a point, which I've never really heard of or thought of, she was like, you know, I was looking for, like, she needed a non-lactation nurse. Like a nurse to help her kind of, you know, decrease her milk supply over time because it, they, there was nothing really for her. And when she was Googling stuff there, you know, they put the cabbage on your boobs, you yeah, know, massage this, milk, do yeah. that. She was trying to dry herself out, but it took, I feel like she said it took like nine months to dry up her milk. Yes. yes. 
But Zakai, see, Zakai when because when he when I stopped breastfeeding Zakai, Zakai weaned off on his own. So like my pumpings were very, my pump. I started pumping like literally one ounce from each boob. When that happened, I'm like, okay, I'm done pumping. Yeah, that's a, that was. And then like, he was like, I, I'm the when he realized he was at that point he was getting more bottles. So he was like, why am I? No, I prefer the bottle because he probably wasn't getting much from my boobs anymore. So it just my boobs just basically just like <laughs> like we're tired, we're done. And then <laughs> shortly afterwards, when I'm done nursing Zakai, like probably three four months later, I'm pregnant with another. Yeah, one. I, when I so. I nursed Boz until he was 26 months and yeah and I the month yeah I stopped nursing in February and I I ended up getting pregnant in March damn yeah you don't get a break you don't think about it like that either and I'm like that nursing might have been saving me yeah don't listen to me y'all I'm not a doctor Oh no! I got my period like shortly. Oh, I got after, my period soon. Like, shortly after birth, like two, three months in. Like I know people that are like nine months in still no period. Yeah, I like how when I meet those women who are like, oh yeah, I didn't have my period for months after I gave birth. I'm like, how sway? Like sign right. me up. <laughs> Literally two months after birth, I'm like, um, is this still post baby bleeding or just like no? Literally, and I'm like, I'm nursing all the time. Like what? I was is a serial it? nurse, so I was just like okay. a serial nurse. <laughs> yeah. For me, um, I was very thankful that I was able to nurse. Um, I always wanted to be able to nurse my child or my children. And Boz, initially, he did not, he would not take a bottle. I remember that, yes. I don't know how you did that. He would not take a bottle. He was like, nah, give me that that warm skin thing. Like, I want that. I remember remember sending you a whole bunch of different bottles. Like, oh, these work for Zakai. You should try these. And you're like, nope, doesn't work. I'm like, really? So what I tell moms so now many. that on my breastfeeding page that I highly recommend introducing a bottle early. Mm-hmm. So like in the hospital with Zakai, he got boob and bottle, but it was always my milk. And I did the same thing with Shai. He was boob and bottle in the very beginning because I was like, I don't want any issues yeah. with him not taking a bottle because him, you don't take pacifiers at all. Oh, yeah. When you told me that, I was I was totally super intrigued. Yeah, super at all. Intrigued. So I always highly recommend... Like, you know, introducing, if you're going to be breastfeeding and then going back to work, to definitely introduce a bottle, like, in the very, like, first week of birth. Yeah. Oh, no, what I love, so when I say Zellian is very dedicated to her nursing, she was nursing, or not nursing, um, pumping. She was pumping on the plane. Oh, on the way here, yeah. Yes, can you tell us about your, just your pumping, because I know you use an app. Like, what app do you use? Like, when you're using that app, are you tracking how many ounces? Are you tracking mm-hmm. your times? Just tell us about that. So I used, I found out, I went to the birthing classes, and I went to birthing classes and parenting classes when I was pregnant with Zakai, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so that's my that's first. That's smart. I yeah. should have done that. I didn't do anything. I went to parenting classes <laughs> and um, breastfeeding classes, and we did the birthing classes. Cool. So um, they told me about this app called the Baby Tracker. So on there, you know, you customize it to what you need it for. So I, I can track his feedings, my nursing, my pumping, and it keeps, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the inventory. It keeps the inventory of my milk. So every time I give That's him, cool. So every time I give him a bottle, it subtracts it from my inventory. Every time I give him a bottle. And then I, I still, I, I'm still using it now. So. Yeah, that's how I was like, I just saw you pulling it out. I used to do that when like, when I was like, Firstly, a new mom, I would track my, and I feel like I got the app from you. Yeah, like you I think told you me asked about me about it. Yeah, yeah, and I would um, track their feedings. Or I would track Boz's feedings, and when he would use the bathroom, mm-hmm. and 
now and like in retrospect like i kind of used to use it for like potty training too because i would oh, be like i never thought i never used it for potty training yeah because i would keep track of the time so i would say oh, okay you know i st- started noticing patterns like if i feed mm-hmm. you here it's gonna take you know hour you're gonna party. yeah you're gonna use the you'll go pee here around this time or you go poop around this time and dang i feel like i should do that now because i saw this lady on instagram the other day mm-hmm. talking about how she was like potty training her five-week-old um, yeah, yeah, I saw that the other day too. Sounds yeah. crazy, yeah. but I'm like, pushing. Yeah, I actually posted that on my story. Talk about what do you think about this? A lot of moms were like, uh, "No, like let a baby be a baby." Yada yada yada. And I thought it was crazy, but it, I heard, I, I heard, it, I heard of that method before. That it's called an eliminate elimination method or something like that. Like I've seen it, um, and I actually we have a friend. China, I have a friend who, when his daughter was a little girl. She would like he would like put her on the potty and she pooped in the potty, but she was like nine months or something. Yeah. But it's um, in different cultures, different countries. So I diverse. know it is very common to mm-hmm. have your child potty trained before the kid is one. One, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a very much like an American thing where it's like, yeah, my kid is three and still not potty trained, and I'm like, oh, no well, judgment. I know but, some okay. four year olds that are still not potty train yeah at that point i'm like you can talk you can communicate if you can comprehend what's going on you can walk to the toilet like you're gonna use the toilet there's some moms that think they would just do it when they're ready i'm like okay keep believing that because yeah. no they're comfortable in the uh, pull-ups that's what you're making them even more comfortable yeah i was very big like i mean i was trying to get zakai potty trained by the before the age of two but it was not <laughs> And it takes was, time. It takes time and a lot of patience. Yes, time, lots of patience, and you need cleaning supplies. Because for me, what worked was I literally committed to like maybe like a week of just boss being in undies and just, you know, I kept putting him on the toilet. But there were times where we'd have accidents, and he'd be like, "Oops, you just got to clean it up." But you need them to feel that sensation. You need them to feel that discomfort and be like, "Oh, this is what it feels mm-hmm. like when I'm eliminating." Like, let me do this in the toilet. Um, so yeah, I feel like Messier and I got really lucky with boss. Like we were both. Yeah, you did. Very that was, I was, I was hitting you up for potty transits. I'm like, I'm struggling Yeah, with Zakai. And what I learned with Zakai, and that's just Zakai in general, he does things when he's ready. And when he was ready, it was like, I got it. But because he, I we just kept on introducing it to him. And, uh, what I did in the beginning was a potty watch. So he, it will go off every yes. 90 minutes. And he knew when he's like, it's time to potty. My watch is going, he would just run Aww. to the bathroom and he would just always let something out like I love it. Always, and then uh, then we went to pull out so teaching him how to pull it down and then pull it up and then the underwear thing was stressing me out because he kept having <laughs> accidents everywhere so I was like forget the underwear and so what we did was free ball because ah, he said no underwear just get in <laughs> so when he was free ball he will he would when he felt like he had to go he had to go to his little party ah. and then one day I called his teacher and she was like i told her i go i think i want to send zakai to school in underwear but i'm kind of scared but his teacher was like do it let's she's like bring it out she just she's like just bring a few extra underwears yeah. and we got this mind you she has three boys she's like she raised three boys and that first week of school for zakai he has zero accidents and I, I remember this guys yeah and i, I took him excited. to get ice cream on that I, friday i, I was like that. and then stickers worked for him like you give him stickers and i always gave him a gum a gummy Every time he went to the party at home, but the gummy was actually vitamins, so he never, he never knew it. that. So, yeah, and then uh, by the time when the, on his third birthday, he was fully poly trained. Like that's when he started wearing underwear overnight.
Yeah, and the other thing is, like, when I was starting to do the school applications um, and daycares, like, there's some places that allow your child to not be fully potty trained, and then there's some places where it's, like, when your kid, you know, the entry level is two and a half, and they'd be, like, your kid needs to be completely potty trained, like, peeing and pooping. Like, they need to be able to wipe. And I was, like, what two-and-a-half-year-old is legitimately, like, wiping themselves? I was, like, my kid's not going here because I just feel like you let kids be dirty. (laughs) Right. That's... That was my thought process. I'm like, no, Zakai's classroom, I could say, because there's like a whole bunch of classrooms. His teachers are amazing. Like, they are really good with potty training and sending them on a schedule. Like, okay, they just had lunch, let's potty before you go to nap, as soon as they wake up in that. And they have a schedule to the point where like 90% of the kids in the class are potty trained now because, and there's like, so they have like a joke that they say, talk about, come to our class and we'll save you. 15% 15% on diapers or something like that. Man, diapers are expensive. Yeah. I feel like the price of diapers recently went up too. Like, mm-hmm. everything like, went up since the pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. since the pandemic. And I'm like, before it'd be like, hush, I, like, I got to pay for it, like $50 for this box of diapers. Mm-hmm. Now I swear it's like 65 And I'm like, even at Costco stuff, it's not even that cheap. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm about to be like my good sis who was training her five week old. Zaire, are you ready to start potty training? Yes. Yeah, because like when I sh- when I was talking to my grandmother about it, she I feel like she possibly had someone who helped teach the girls how to do potty training. Because mm-hmm. she was like, you know, I had I was a single mom with three, you know, back to back babies. Oh yeah. I was not going to sit here and do all those diapers. The girls needed to learn how to use a bathroom. I'm like, okay. That's how Shalik's mom was when um, Zakai was like one and a half. She was like, he's still in diapers. So her, like you know the old school method was like we're not paying for diapers after the age of one. And she was like Shalik and Malik were out of diapers by like one and a half. I'm like how yeah. like and they're exactly three years apart. I'm like how. Hey mom, when was I potty trained? She has two girls are easier. Yeah, I don't know, but. <laughs> Yeah, I was walking at eight and a half months. Oh, wow. Um, so hopefully I was potty trained. Really, Zaire is following you. Yeah, Zaire wants to walk, you guys. He'll be seven months tomorrow, and this little boy literally thinks um, that he's one of the big kids. And he's he can, he can, he started crawling last month. So he's crawling. He's now, like, he pulls himself up. He mm-hmm. pushes himself cruising. up. He couch cruising everything. Yes, and he'll, like, take his side steps. Like, if there's something for him to hold on, he'll just make his way around. And he's chilling. Say, so I want to be one of the big kids so bad. And Shy was like, no, I'm just going to be a baby because Shy's 14 months and he refuses to walk. He won't even take that, not one step. He's like, no. It's okay, Shy, we're going to get there. He's like, like, I He's like, leave me alone. This is what I want to do. I love it. How is it? So I, you guys mentioned, or you guys, you mentioned traveling with the kids. How is it traveling? The difference between traveling with one versus two? Do you see a difference? Um, yeah, there's definitely a difference. I mean, I feel like you know, and it's funny people say this. Like the, they say, the more kids you have, the easier it gets. What? No, they do say that, and I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever heard. What? No. But after having shy, I do feel like things did get a little easier. Like with Zakai, I always struggle leaving the house on time, making it to appointments on time. With shy, I'm like, okay, we have to be here at twelve o'clock. Ding dong, we're here at twelve o'clock. Got it. It's just practice. Yeah, it's just like already like you know people say. It. I thought it was crazy, but it doesn't make sense. And then uh, I only flew. I flew with Zakai by myself only. 
twice, but now with two, I would I don't know how you did it. <laughs> but I would, I don't think I could fly with two kids. I pray. I pray and cry. And, you t- and, and that was a long flight too. Going. It wasn't like you're it was on a five the hour flight. Yeah. No. Yeah. It the, was uh flying with them it's pretty easy. It's just flying from Florida to LA is like what I'm gonna do for five hours. It's uh, it's hard. Like when we flew it's here, doable. Yeah, it's doable. But it's like you have to at this point, like if I were to give tips on flying with kids, like if you can do a red eye, do mm-hmm. a red eye. I'm doing the red eye back um, and then the early morning flight. Or if you do like an early morning, that way you kinda wanna match it with when your kids are sleeping. sleeping. Other than that, like, you're screwed. Like, like, when we flew here for your baby shower in September, Shy was, he had just turned six months, I think, for your baby shower. And both Zakai, we did the early flight here, and both Zakai and Shy slept the entire flight. The hard part was going through TSA. Yeah. Because, mind you, we also fight with the dogs, so. Everything Told has you. to come. Everything has to come out. So the dog has to come out the bay. The baby has to come out the stroller, and everything has to go on the belt. So we were struggling on our first flight with this TSA. But um, I also tell a lot of moms like, if you're planning on traveling a lot, get a doona. Yeah, the doonas like, are great. I know it sounds expensive, but it's definitely like I only use my doona for like you use yours every day, but mm-hmm. I literally only use my doona for traveling because at home I have a stroller system for both kids. So my Duna, I pull every time it's time to get on the flight, just pull that out, and I highly recommend it. And then Zakai, that's one less thing I have to worry about because he likes pushing mm-hmm. his brother. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Literally, one of my favorite features about the Duna is the adjustable handbar. Hand I was going to call so it's it taller friendly. Yeah. It is so taller friendly. Now Boz is like, oh, let me push your, my brother. And it's great because Boz is also like in this running phase where like mm-hmm. he wants to run away. So... Rather than me trying to fight him, I'm like, oh, no, boss, come on, come push your brother. Like, he's always like, mom, mom, make this shorter. Make this my size. I'm like, yeah, okay, like, mama is too big. And then the thing is, Zakai don't let anybody push to do but him. Like, no uh-huh. one can push to do but him. So it keeps him close to us throughout the airport. We don't have to worry about him running away or anything because he has to push his brother. Like, it's definitely worth it if you plan on traveling. And so, yeah, I did pump on the plane here for the first time. So what happened is um, when I the flight took off at six o'clock in the morning and I pump at six fifteen every morning. So usually when I travel, I will change my feedings to make sure I pump either before the flight or I'll go to a lounge at the airport. Or, you know, the airport have these little mom things now where you can mm-hmm. nurse and pump. But this flight, since I'm like so far into my breastfeeding thing, I can't really change it anymore. I had to stick to that strict schedule. <laughs> so uh, on the plane, as soon as we got on the plane, you know, when mothers and kids get to board yeah. already. So I got there, got everybody settled, plugged in, plugged up my pump and everything. So when it was time for me to put the baby to sleep, so when it was time for me to pump, I just put the flanges in, hook it up, and that was it. So the baby, Zakai went down, Shai went down, and I pumped for like an hour because I had to pump enough milk to his bottle that night. And that was it. And I had my little bag. So you pumped for an hour? Not, or well, in that sitting, you were pumping for an hour. That's it, yeah. How on average, how long do you normally pump? So I was like in the very beginning with Shy, I used to get 17, 18 ounces in 20 minutes. And and the thing is, I could have pumped more milk, but in 20 minutes, I was getting that much, and I just stopped it. So that's how I ended up getting like mastitis. Yeah. I was still getting more. I was like, but I already filled up two big bottles. I don't need any more milk. That's a lot of milk, y'all. Yeah. So I was like, I don't that's need any more milk. So I ended up getting mastitis, and then it kind of decreased, and then. 
what I tell a lot of moms is you get the most milk between 1 and 4 a.m. You just see, like, a flow. Like, uh. And I used to get, like, 18 ounces in 20 minutes at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And then, so then I created a schedule with Shy where, you know, I wanted to enjoy certain things. Like, I wanted to have a drink. I wanted to eat ice cream because, you know, ice cream used to give them gas. Like, anything dairy would give them gas. So I stopped nursing at a certain time. So I give my, I have a 12-hour window to, like, enjoy. That's smart. When I want. So I stopped, like, I stopped nursing Shy by 5 o'clock. And I don't pump until, like, 5.30, 6. So I get 12. So, like, at 7 o'clock, I'll have wine. I mean, a glass of wine or a drink with my dinner. And I don't ever have to worry about it affecting Shy or being in my milk. Because by the time I pump at 5 a.m., that drink is, like, gone. long gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I created that schedule. And then uh, since you don't. Um, since I don't pump and nurse that off anymore, I have to get enough milk for his bottle on trips. I have to pump like an hour. But when I get back, I'm planning on reducing it and pulling off the pumping completely. So when I get back, I'm going to drop down to 45, then 30, then 20, and then done. Cool. Did you go through a, did you try a bunch of different, um, what's it called, pumps? Or no. did you were like. I just stuck with the, so by the time I had Shy, Madela came up with that new freestyle pump that has um, a stronger suction which I did notice the difference between that pump and the old one that I have with Zakai because like I said I was getting like 20 I mean 18 ounces in like 20 minutes yeah, that's y'all one of Jesus <laughs> 20 ounces like I know a lot of moms who will pump for like 30 45 minutes and they'll maybe get yeah, five, three three, or <laughs> three to six ounces yeah. so that's it's crazy. um and I was stashing all that milk so every day yeah. I was putting away like I'll do like five ounces at a time, so I was stashing away like four bags of milk a day that's a lot. in the freezer because I was that, and that's like a that's a number of feedings, like right. And I, that milk that I was pumping it was just a stash; it was not given to Shy because I was I was nursing. I was I said with Shy I was going to be nursing more and pumping less because yeah. I pumped a lot with Zakai and I didn't want to pump that much, so I only wanted to pump once a day. With yeah, Shy. you have a so my cousin Paige she teases me too because <laughs> well there was one time she was here and I pumped and I pumped and it was like. A good 17 ounces. Oh, yeah. I remember you posted that. And, and I, you're like, was, well, she was here. I, I literally just poured them in mason jars because yeah. I, I didn't have bags at the moment. And I was like, I got all this milk. <laughs> like, yeah. what am I going to do? Yeah. And she's always teasing me like, girl, you're going to be able to pump so much. Or like, you can feed two kids. So I know Zelly and I, we both have our two boys. Like, we secretly both kind of want girls. Um, yes. but we're I like part of my fear is if I, I get three boys pregnant again it's either gonna one be another boy or it's gonna be like twin girls and then I'm gonna be that's like that's my fear too ah! um but guess what we'll, we will hopefully our our I don't know I'm not having kids after 35 so it's gonna happen you know me I need, to, I, need to, I need to be careful of what I'm saying because every time I say stuff like that watch me end up being 35 and pregnant so I need to stop putting that in the universe because I end up being 30 and pregnant with Zakai. It's going to be 30, wait, 35 and pregnant with twin girls. Because <laughs> twins, twins do run on Shalik's side of the family. Really? Yeah. Uh, is he a twin? No, but his brother had twins. So that's why I think he's not going to get it. Oh, I don't know. He had a boy and a girl twin. I don't know. And his dad had a set of twins. Oh, oh yeah. So there's twins over there. Yeah. There's twins. Okay. Let's wrap this up. So at the end of every episode, we either give advice or we do like a WTF moment. Our WTF of the week. Um, you can choose. Do you want to? You want me to go first? You, you want to give yours? Okay. I'm going to think of my WTF. Um, 
first of all, it's just really been a uh, okay. It's been a crazy week. Um, I'm trying to think of what's going on, what I, what I can actually share versus <laughs> what I can't share. Um, just pray, 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 pray. Yes. Um, pray. Pray for all the mothers who are trying to feed their children and figure out formula. Like I've recently gone because I do I nurse and I also give Zaire formula because I personally don't like pumping. Um, I don't like the machine aspect. It really bothers me. I don't know why. And I've tried hand pumping, but it's just like, I don't have time for that. And it's so time consuming. And it's like my patients just, I would rather give it to my kids than myself and pumping. Um, so please, I recently, yeah. So I recently went to, I've been to a Target and a grocery store to go get formula. And when I tell you the shelves are literally bare. So, um, Check on your mom friends, check on your dad friends, check on any of your friends who have young children because, you know, you never know what's going on. Um, and I know a lot of people who have been affected by formula. I know a lot of people, there's been quite a few people who've actually reached out to me like, hey, are you nursing? Are you sharing your, your breast milk? Are you pumping? And sometimes like I genuinely really feel bad because I don't pump and I'm not like packing bags, you know? And recently I've, I've been thinking like, do I do this? Do I not do this? But it's, you know, it's. I did have moms reach out to me recently. So I actually tried to increase my supply to like donate milk to moms. Cause I don't, you know, I like donating milk, mm-hmm. but, um, my boobs were just like, this is all I, this is all this I got. Is it, yeah. yeah. This is all I got. Yeah. And it's like, even if you're in a grocery store or any kind of, you know, store and you see formula and you know, your friends are nursing or feeding your child feeding their child give them a call call them and say hey i am i see this box Mm -hmm. of formula this canister do you need it like be that person to help just you know sometimes buy it and drop it on by because we need it and also when you have kids you can't always go to the store like it is so hard going to the store and things aren't always available on Definitely, amazon yeah, like instacart instacart, instacart, instacart has it yeah. but they are taxing i oh, just yeah. they, are they are really really taxing so if you're if you just happen to be in a grocery store and you know you know have friends with young kids and you see formula just give them a call and say hey do you need this like i got it um it's been really nice like we've had like a nice little network of like moms mm-hmm. and dads out here We've all just kind of been looking for, looking out for each other. So it's like, you know, Cheyenne, I, if I'm somewhere, most places you can only buy two at a time. Like I literally, I'll get one for me, one for her. I know um, I've had a few other friends reach out and I'll be like, hey, I'm at the grocery store on so-and-so and so-and-so. I can't buy anymore, but like they are here. You and know? There's also groups. There's a lot of moms actually out there donating breast milk too, like because of the formula shortage um it's all over instagram there's groups on facebook i posted i had posted one on my instagram there you drop your location and they'll tell you like hey i have a hundred ounces i'm gonna give away or there's a lot of so it's good to see that um people are coming together to you know find different solutions also just want to um we'll cover this in next week episode with Cheyenne and Shannon but I just want to put a prayer out for the families that have been recently affected by gun violence and just you know I couldn't personally cannot imagine um what they are feeling and what they are going through um but there are a lot of what is I think it's mom mom demands um 
I'm going to post the page. I'm going to send it to Maria so we can include it in the bio just to, uh, to help sign petitions, to call legislation, um, to make stricter gun laws and um, policies and just to do your part. Because sometimes we don't always know what to do, um, but there are nonprofits that are organizations that are doing their part and they need us to rally up and, you know, do our part as well. So I will include some links um, below just so that we um, can do our part so that we can keep our children safe and in our communities and in our schools. So other than that, Sally, you got something for us? Um, are we allowed to like curse? Or yeah, because <laughs> we, we say everything on here. Well, a moment that I will say, like for instance, I was like school not too long ago. Uh, I get a text. From his teachers after picking him up, mm-hmm. saying that he told a student to sit his ass down <laughs> with a serious face. And Shalik was driving. Yo, Sakai is the sweetest little boy. I'm trying right, to imagine him, like, even saying those words. Like, And I showed the text to Shalik, and Shalik just busted out laughing. I go, well, Shalik, they want to see you at the school tomorrow. So Shalik goes and drops him off and the school the next morning, and he was just like, oh, so, you know, what happened? And they're explaining to him what happened, like, oh, you know, so-and-so needed to sit down, and he didn't want to sit down, and then Zakai was like, massage, sit your, sit your ass down, <laughs> and Shalik was like, well, he did the right thing, he sounded like, that was, he goes, and he goes, but the, he said it at the right time, and Shalik was yeah. like, there's only one time, there's only one time and one way you can say that, Yes. and he goes, and the teachers was like, well, yeah, he did need to sit down, but <laughs> Zakai didn't have to say it like that, and... <laughs> And he get in the car, we like, Zakai, what did you tell Masai? He's like, he didn't want to repeat it, but I just, we couldn't, we just busted up. We weren't even mad at him. Like, we just couldn't stop laughing. Oh, I love those moments where you like, yeah, kids will say a bad word or something, they use it in the right context, and you're like, dang, yeah. they, okay, I guess they comprehend what it means. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're like, no, don't say that. But like, good usage, no. Technically, ass is not a curse word, technically. Yeah, it's an animal, right? Donkey. Yeah. No. Sit that donkey butt down. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That I think that actually is really funny. Kids <laughs> cussing. Like yeah. Kids are hilarious. I love yes, our kids. Yeah. I really, really, truly do. Um, well, I'm so happy that you were able to join us this time. And we were able to do this in person. Yes, yeah, so and thank you for versus online. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I should be back soon. I guess for like the wedding. Yes. We'll have to do something else at that time. We can dive into some other subjects. <laughs> we'll we'll do uh when we'll we have Shannon. Sex after babies. Yeah, it's literally sex after babies, like even just like parenting and adjusting mm-hmm. from family life and how to like almost like start maintaining your relationship. After. Yeah, how to rekindle or how to maintain, how to spice up, how to develop what that family unit looks like and that could be you know date nights can be a little you know figuring out when the nanny can come you know there's all kind of things that we can do to spice it up we just i think we just need to sit down and talk about it some more because you would be surprised how many like moms or you know couples are like struggling or trying to figure out a balance because Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it off camera right now because we're <laughs> friends. But we'll um, do another episode especially, especially for that because I think it is something that is very important. And I know we've talked about getting a sex therapist or like, 
I think that'd be a good episode where we can do that because sometimes um, I know sex after babies is hard and that can be hard. That can be difficult on the moms and on the dads for a multitude of reasons. So I love that. And thank you for sharing with us your story. And we'll see y'all next week. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe. You can find us at on YouTube and at on Instagram at Think Loud Crew. You can also find us Think Loud Crew on your favorite podcast platform. And my name is R, and you can find me at R Kylan and Zillion. Will you give us your Instagram handles? Yeah, so my name is Zillion Z E L I O N and you. Find me on fancy underscore zero seven or my breastfeeding page is Z Loki Mama. Yay! Thank you. Bye. Peace out.